The Duke Blue Devils should provide the Miami Hurricanes with an opportunity to keep the offense rolling this week. So we're buying stock in these Canes players. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Duke Blue Devils are not great at defending the pass. Now, a few weeks ago, I would have said, does that really even matter with the way that Tyler Van Dyke was playing and the receivers were dropping passes left and right? But Miami has really turned their passing offense around over the last couple of weeks. Remember, we had a chat with former Hurricanes quarterback Malik Rozier, who has worked one-on-one with Tyler Van Dyke before. I asked Malik the big differences in Van Dyke over these last couple of games, and he told me confidence. That's the number one thing. Clearly, the chats that he and his quarterbacks, Coach Frank Ponce and Josh Gaddis, the OC, have all had together in recent weeks where they have tailored the playbook more to Van Dyke's strengths. I think that's paid off. I think the increase in tempo has paid off. And quite simply, when you actually start to trust your receivers to catch footballs, that's got to do a lot for a quarterback's confidence, right? When you know you can throw up a contested ball to a guy like Colby Young and he's going to make the grab, Frank Ladson has been making big catches in the passing game, had a nice touchdown last week, and Brashard Smith comes off a really, really good game. That does a lot for a quarterback's confidence and for the overall confidence of a passing game. So you know what today is? Well, actually, hold on, hold on. We usually do the stock report on Wednesdays. (sighs) The schedule got turned upside down this week. So a rare Thursday Miami Hurricanes stock report here on Locked on Canes. Here's what we like to do. We like to buy low. Which Hurricanes players are we buying stock in for this Saturday's game against Duke? Because I know what a lot of you are going to tell me. Dono, Dono, you got to buy Colby Young stock and you got to buy Tyler Van Dyke stock. Folks, I was buying stock in TVD and Colby Young weeks ago. Their stock is soaring so high right now. I'm not buying this week because I'm sitting back and I'm counting my gains on Colby Young because we bought Colby Young stock heavily a week ago and we've been buying Tyler Van Dyke stock for the last couple of weeks. And yes, I would love to see TVD follow up on his last two games, 496 passing yards against North Carolina, 352 passing yards against Virginia Tech. Colby Young last week had nine catches on 13 targets and a touchdown, 110 receiving yards. Obviously, their stock is already soaring when it comes to buying a little bit lower on certain players. Guys, I am buying stock a little bit cautiously because I'm not 100% sure that he's going to play this week. But I'm buying stock in Jacoby George. Mario Cristobal said the wide receiver could return this week he said that on monday unfortunately when cristobal spoke again on wednesday 
he didn't really elaborate a whole lot on guys like Jacoby George and also Will Mallory, who seem questionable, if not probable, this week to play. But Jacoby George could make his return this week. We've only seen George in one game so far this season, and he looked really good against Texas A&M. His longest catch in that game was a 24-yarder. He was shifty. He put a move on the safety, broke the ankles of that safety, figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, George is, if we go back, of course, to last season and then to fall camp this year, because George, I thought, had a really good fall camp overall. He's Miami's smoothest, most natural route runner. So even if Jacoby George isn't back necessarily this week, and I hope he is, I'm still going to start buying George stock because he's going to be back very soon, if not this week, probably the week after. And speaking of, I'm not necessarily buying it already this week, but Xavier Restrepo is only two to two and a half weeks away from making his return. Um, Now, he's coming off a broken foot. So once he's back in practice, is it going to be a little while before he's really ready to play heavily in games? I'm not sure how quick of a healer he is and how much conditioning work he's been able to do with a broken foot, what kind of shape he's going to be in. But within the next couple weeks, I'm going to start to think about buying Xavier Restrepo stock. I'm not there quite yet, but I am buying Jacoby George stock this week because guess what? Miami is getting big-time contributions from receivers and tight ends the last couple of weeks. If you pop Jacoby George into that mix as well, this this stock is going to go to the moon. A couple of other pass catchers I'm buying stock in this week. And, folks, there's a reason why I'm loading up on pass catchers, and it's because the Duke Blue Devils' passing defense is not very good. We'll talk about the numbers in a little bit, but – I'm definitely buying stock in Jaleel Skinner, true freshman tight end. I'm buying a lot of that. And I'm buying a little bit of stock in Isaiah Horton as well. Now, Skinner last week, two catches for 30 yards. He's going to continue to play a bigger and bigger role since Elijah Arroyo is out for the season. And I'm thinking Will Mallory is back this week, but there's maybe a slight chance he's not. And so if Will Mallory isn't back this week, you can expect Jaleel Skinner to play a pretty mammoth role along with Dom Mamarelli, who's more of a blocker than a receiving tight end, and Khalil Brantley, who's a lot more of a receiving tight end than a blocking tight end. Uh, so if Will Mallory doesn't play, Jaleel Skinner's stock is going to sto- soar. But even if Mallory does play, Skinner has still been elevated to tight end too, so I'm buying that. As far as Isaiah Horton, who's another true freshman wide receiver, I'm buying some stock in Horton because he's finally seeing the field a little bit. Played eight snaps last week on offense. He had a catch. Coaches are starting to trust him enough to give him more PT. I think the only problem with Horton, and it's why I'm hesitantly buying it, like I'm not pumping his stock, is because given that Miami is slowly getting receivers back now from injury, possibly George back this week, and in a couple weeks, Xavier Restrepo, uh, I don't know if if uh, Horton's role is continue is going to continue to really increase when more you know veteran guys are coming back. But I just wanted to let the Isaiah Horton fans out there because there are a lot of you. I wanted to let you guys know I see what he's doing and I'm taking notice and I think he's got a really really bright future at the U. On defense, I am buying stock in a couple of linebackers because I thought they both played really well last week. Everyone's favorite true freshman, Wesley Besaint. Just, you know, try try to keep your, your head down or your head up a little bit when you're tackling people, I should say. And Keontre Smith. So Besaint, he keeps looking better every week. His role keeps increasing accordingly. 
Bissaint is going to be one of the next great linebackers at the U. And there's a big linebacking class coming in in 2023. So Miami's going to be set at that position for a long time. And then Keontre Smith, you know, with Wayman Steed out last week, Smith and Bissaint both had to step up. And Keontre Smith actually had the single highest pro football focus grade of any Miami defensive player last week. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing there from the you know former safety turned linebacker. So let's keep it going. So those are the players that I'm buying stock in this week. We took some comments from you guys as well. You can always tweet the show at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Uh, you can tweet my personal as well at Alex Dono. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. My guy Austin tweets to us. He says, I'm buying stock in Brashard Smith. That's a good one, Austin. He says, after watching film, I believe his speed and massive increase in trust from Tyler Van Dyke will be able to exploit this Duke defense. That is a good one. And obviously, a lot of people have said they're buying Colby Young stock, and I get it. Uh, I'm just saying his stock is already so high. I like to buy low, right? You get that financial advice from your Uncle Louie down the block. Listen, come here, kid. Come here. You need to buy some stock in Apple not the fruit, the computers, and they make those iPods. You play music out of your pocket. You need to, yes, Louie, I am aware. I've heard of Apple, and I know that their stock is very prompt. You know, we try to give better financial advice than Louie down the block, okay? But yes, Colby Young, the secret is out. You should already have Colby Young stock, though. You shouldn't be buying it now. Um, Jose Ocho said he's buying Colby Young stock. He's buying Frank Ladson stock and Jaleel Skinner. Yeah, Frank Ladson is a good shout as well. Uh, you could also say the secret is out with Ladson because he had some big catches last week, had a touchdown, had a couple of huge third down catches to move the chains, like clutch catches from the Clemson transfer. Uh, but I, I still think he can do even better, right? Whereas, and maybe, you know what? Maybe Colby Young can as well. <laughs> like maybe Col Colby Young had nine catches for 110 yards and a touchdown, a 37-yard one-handed grab, which was ridiculous, but he could probably even do better. So you know what? For those of you out there saying you're buying Colby Young stock, I will allow it. You should have been buying it a week, two weeks ago, but I will still allow it today. Uh, that's what Crypto Kane said. He says he's buying Colby Young stock. Uh, my guy Vishnu from the Six Ring Kane show says he is buying stock in everyone. Oh, so there you have it. All right, when we come back, I, I think this is pretty darn fascinating. When you crunch some of these numbers, Duke's defense – versus Miami's offense. And I think, again, you guys know I'm not taking the bait of Miami minus nine. They're nine-point favorites in this game. I think it's going to be closer than that. But I can understand why the Hurricanes are favored to win this game. And also, can we get that running game going? What's it going to take to get my guy Rooster breaking out? Is Henry Parrish going to be back this week? We don't even know. Can we get that running game going? So we're going to talk about that and more when we come back. But let's talk about sweat block. Folks, dudes, guys, we sweat a lot, especially those of us who live in South Florida. The humidity is not even fair down here. And on the days when I've got to do MMA play-by-play -play and I'm wearing a suit and tie and I'm under the, the hot TV lights all day, I get these embarrassing pit stains, or at least I used to. I was able to solve this problem by finding Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game, my friends. Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It's a doctor-created and doctor-recommended product 
So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. You can save 20% on SweatBlock with promo code LOCKED ON at sweatblock.com. And it's also available on Amazon. So solve your problem the same way that I solved my problem. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and available free on YouTube. For those watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that thumbs up button and subscribe to our channel, will you, while you're here? So, all right, let's look at some stats here. Blue Devils defense, Miami offense. Can the Hurricanes keep it rolling? Because they've figured something out in the passing game, Okay. The Duke Blue Devils are 99th in the country. That's out of 131 teams. I think it seems like every year there's like one or two more FBS teams than there were the year before. I think it's up to 131 now. So the Duke Blue Devils are 99th in the country out of 131 in passing yards allowed per game at 260.6. Miami should be able to exploit this. The Hurricanes have thrown for 352 and 496 over their last couple of games. So going up against a bottom-tier pass defense, we should be able to get something done. Miami has the 14th-ranked passing offense in the country at 324 yards per game. I'm actually surprised that the number is that high, 324, given just how poor Miami's passing offense looked the first couple of weeks. Like, very herky-jerky, so many drop balls. Um, you know, they've put up such big numbers the last couple of games that, you know, I, I, honestly, I think Miami's passing offense, I'm surprised the average per game is even as high as it is. So let's look at Duke's rushing defense. Duke's rushing defense is 65th in the country. So that's bang average, but much better than their passing defense. They give up 142.9 yards per game on the ground. You look at what Miami's done on the ground recently. Like you'd kill to have 143 rushing yards in this game. Like we were like throwing a parade for having 107 rushing yards last week because the previous two games, you, you didn't crack 50. Okay. So yeah, I would love it if Miami can actually exploit that. Um, if the Hurricanes can get Henry Parrish back, it would make a big difference. Ja'Kai Clark is back, right? I talked about Mario Cristobal being kind of very just vague about the injury updates when he spoke midweek, but one guy that he was able to confirm will be back in the lineup and back in the fold is center Ja'Kai Clark, who makes a big difference on that offensive line, especially when it comes to the false start penalties because Jonathan Dennis just looked out of sync with the rest of the team when it came to the snaps, but he could help in the running game as well. Uh, and if, if Zion Nelson is able to play in this game, that could obviously make another difference in the running game. And I'm also wondering, because honestly, and tell me if you guys agree with this, you can leave us a comment on our YouTube page or leave us a tweet at locked on canes. I would like to see Lucius Stanley get more carries. Like He's you would never think this guy is a UAB walk on transfer like Lucius Stanley can actually pick up some hard extra yards that the type of yards I don't see Jalen Knighton picking up right now, for example, like Lucius Stanley had some important carries didn't didn't see the field a whole lot last week. But with the running back rotation being so thin because Parrish didn't play last week. Stanley saw the field a considerable amount, and I think Lucius Stanley deserves more playing time. And we haven't seen Devon Perry in a minute either. So 
I don't know. I think the, I think Miami's uh, Miami's backfield is a little bit deeper than we give them credit for because some of these walk-on guys can actually play. Okay, so I hope Miami can exploit that uh, can exploit that rushing defense. Miami's rushing offense. The number, the stat is they're 78th in the country. They average 143.8 yards per game on the ground, but that number has trended severely down over the last three games, of course. They started really well. It was the opposite of the passing game. The running attack started really well and then faded. The passing attack started horribly and then ascended. Uh, Duke's total defense, they are 92nd in the country in total defense. They allow 403.4 yards per game. Miami's total offense is 27th in the country, which is a lot better than you probably think. And this is yardage. We'll get to points in a second, which is not nearly as good. But in yardage, Miami is 27th in the country, one spot behind Florida State. Miami averages 463.7 yards per game. The frustrating stats have been scoring and red zone. Miami's scoring offense is average on paper, 61st in the country at 30.7 points per game. But remember, that includes the 70 burger that they put on Bethune-Cookman the first week. So that stat you know, a little bit skewed by facing an FCS opponent earlier this year. And the Hurricanes are tied for 62nd in the country in red zone touchdown percentage. So we obviously need that number to go way up. If you've got the 27th offense in the country, you should be better than 62nd in touchdown percentage in the red zone. So we need to improve that in a big way. Something I was thinking about as, you know, I'm not really a sentimental guy. I don't keep track of like anniversaries and benchmarks. You know, I just, I move on. Like I move on with the news. I go where the news takes me, but it is the midway point of the season for the hurricanes. Like we are exactly halfway through the regular season, six games down, six games to go. You're three and three. You're at this point, you're still, technically fighting even for bull eligibility, let alone the Coastal. What have been the biggest surprises this season so far at the midway point? I'll give you two negatives and two positives, right? Good or bad. What have been the biggest surprises at the midway point of the year? Um, I've got to start with this one when it came to a, a very negative surprise. The Middle Tennessee game, right? You know, I... I can remember the pregame shows we did before Middle Tennessee, and I thought, like, no matter how bad Miami might play in that game, I thought there was a, a less than zero chance they could actually lose, right? I mean, it's one thing. Are they going to play poorly and still win by two touchdowns? They were favored by 27.5 points in that game, and they lost the game outright, and everybody played badly, right? I think maybe uh, – what I think was that like a game where I think Keyshawn Smith played well in that game. That was a game when Jake Garcia came in. Keyshawn Smith scored a special teams touchdown. Like he was like the only guy on the team who played well against Middle Tennessee. But that was obviously a huge surprise. And I think the Middle Tennessee game was the game when the Mario Cristobal honeymoon officially ended. And I'm not saying I don't believe in coach. I believe in coach fully. But I think that that loss was when people realized you can't just go out and get an expensive coach and everything is just magically fixed, right? You can't, you know, no matter how much you're paying for a head coach and a staff, they can't just wave a magic wand, right? I think that's when people realized, you know, we're not going to be 10 and 2, 11 and 1 competing for a college football playoff, that we still have a lot of work to do. So that was kind of when the honeymoon ended. 
for Cristobal and the staff. I'll tell you another big surprise this year. And, you know, I don't want to rag on this guy because I, I think he could still end up, you know, having a big second half of the season, a big back nine. Uh, Jalen Knighton, in, in a negative way, Jalen Knighton has been a surprise to me, just not making an impact. Uh, and, of course, in the North Carolina game, it was really, really tough, that fumble that he had. And, you know, he hasn't been explosive. He hasn't been finding space. I don't think he's been completely healthy. And he obviously started the season injured, which kind of put him behind the eight ball. So I think it's been equal parts health and learning a new offense. But Jalen Knighton, it's, you know, I, I thought this guy was going to be, you know, one of the better running backs in the ACC, if not the country this year. And, you know, we haven't seen even close to that yet so far. Um, then as far as positive surprises go, first big one for me, defensive line transfers. I mean, I had a feeling that some of Miami's transfers would make a big impact. Like I knew that Akeem Mesidor was a really good player, but he's been head and shoulders better than I expected. Mesidor is one of the top edge rushers in the entire country. You know, you guys know, if you've been watching these shows and listening to Locked on Kane since before the season started, you know I was really high on Daryl Jackson, like really high on him. But I thought Daryl Jackson would be more of like a, a project for the next couple of years. Instead, he came in completely ready to play, right? He's one of Miami's four best defensive linemen. Uh, he's been a menace at defensive tackle this year. And Agude has also been really good when it comes to the transfers. So defensive line transfers, I knew that there'd be good players on here, but it's been even better than I expected some of these guys. And then another big time uh, positive surprise, of course, uh, Corey Flagg. Honestly, can we give this guy some credit? Like I, I thought when Caleb Johnson transferred in from UCLA that he would just permanently move Flagg to the bench. But Corey Flagg has done everything to keep his starting Mike linebacker spot. You know, he's undersized, not as athletic as you'd like, but he makes up for a lot of that with hard work, intelligence, and effort. So he's been a really, really good story. And obviously, Flag has limitations, but he's taken so well to the coaching from Charlie Strong, and I love to see it. And, of course, positive surprises, Colby Young. But what is there left to say about Colby Young? We've done, like, five shows on this guy over the past week and a half. So, yes, Colby Young has definitely been – a positive and pleasant surprise for these Canes. When we come back, I want to talk recruiting. Yeah, I know we haven't talked a lot of recruiting lately because there's just not been a whole lot to talk about. It's been pretty quiet for Miami since the season started. But there's a few very interesting developments at the cornerback position, right? A guy I don't think Miami's going to get, a guy I think they will, and then a pleasant surprise heading into uh, to signing day. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And folks, if you're looking for numbers, information, wagers, keep it locked to Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football and the start of the new basketball season. Oh, my Miami Heat took an L last night. Oh, we'll get them next time. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. Folks, I check Bet Online every single day, sometimes multiple times per day. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcast. part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so Cormani McLean, top cornerback in the class, five-star, Lakeland High School. He released his finalists, his top three, and his commitment date. He will be announcing his verbal commitment on October 27th, and his official finalists are Miami, Florida, and Alabama. That's the good news. We're a finalist. Bad news is, if I were you, I would not get my hopes up. Do not get your hopes up, Canes fans. I am, I'm not going to say 100%, but close to 100% certain. It pains me to say these words. I am close to 100% certain that he is going to verbally commit to Florida next week. So October 27th, let me check my calendar. That is exactly a week from today. We're with you here on Thursday. So next Thursday, October 27th, uh, I believe Cormani McLean will be announcing the Florida Gators. I hope I'm wrong, okay? And then I also feel, because, you know, he's got uh, a little over a month before early signing day, a couple months before late signing day, um, even if he does verbally commit to Florida next week, which I expect him to, I think there's a decent chance that Alabama can flip him or at least try to before National Signing Day, since Nick Saban really covets this player and he usually gets what he wants in the end. Um, obviously, you know, if if he's on flip watch, of course, uh, I, Miami could be in play there. But I, folks, I just don't think Cormani's going to be a Miami Hurricane. Prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Five-star out of Lakeland, uh, you know, 100% of his crystal balls on 24-7 are going to Florida. Beyond three prediction machine has him 94.9% to Florida, 2% to Bama, 1.9% to Miami. Um, and, you know, Florida clearly doing a nice job with his recruitment because a few months ago, a few months ago, I, I had uh, – Based on everyone that I talked to, I had Alabama as the favorite and kind of a tug of war between Bama and Miami. Florida had maybe faded for a little bit, but obviously firmly back in the mix here uh, to become the prohibitive uh, favorite. So this is one of those things where I never completely count Mario and this staff out because I know how relentless they are with communication. They are not going to give up on this player. They're not going to give up before National Signing Day. You know, they probably wouldn't even give up until after National Signing Day because you never know who's going to hit the portal this day and age. But I, I don't think Cormani McLean's going to be a hurricane. Uh, a cornerback we have a much better shot at is another blue chip player, Damari Brown out of American heritage. Uh, Miami is considered the leader for him with a 41% chance on, on three. They're ahead of Clemson, Florida state and Alabama. But I guess one thing that would concern you is if Alabama misses out on Cormani McLean, then they go all in on Damari Brown. So it could have a domino effect on Miami. We'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, Damari Brown, he feels the love. He feels the love from Miami. Miami has always made him feel like a priority. They've basically given him like the keys to the facility and, you know, he can, you know, unofficial visits whenever he wants to. And this coaching staff always tells him what a priority he is. Here's what Damari Brown said exclusively to one of my colleagues at allhurricanes.com. This is about his Miami recruitment. He says, it's been pretty intense. I talk to them every day in my head, every day, early in the morning texts. So hopefully it's like 
not borderline stalkerish, but they're they are all over Damari Brown when it comes to recruiting him. Now he did make an official visit to Florida State last week. Thankfully, FSU's been losing games recently. Hopefully, you know, Florida State didn't make that good of an impression on him. He has made two visits to Miami already this season. So I think that this is Miami's players to lose. And then when you're talking about corners, I don't think this has been made 100% official yet. But every day, it's looking more and more like Antoine Action Jackson, four-star from Dillard, will be reclassifying from 2024 to 2023. And that's huge. He is a Miami commit. So he's coming to Miami. It's just a matter of, is it going to be next year or the year after? He is coming to Miami, and I don't see this player flipping for anybody who's wondering. Four-star out of American Heritage. Um Sorry, out of Dillard, American Heritage. Sorry, my bad. Four star out of Dillard. Uh, he's six foot one. He already has the size and the maturity to play at the college level. Uh, and so, yeah, if, and he tweeted uh, 2023, what's up the other day? So he's either just elite at trolling us about his recruitment or, you know, he really is going to be reclassified. There's obviously a lot of stuff that goes into that. He's got to finish all of his high school credits in time. Uh, you know, he's got to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, but it looks like Antoine Jackson is going to be reclassifying. So he would join Robert Stafford. Those are the only two corners in the class right now, but both quality players, Stafford, a four star Jackson, a four star. In fact, if Jackson, if he does play another high school season at Dillard, this is the kind of player I think could, could ascend to five star status by the end of next season, but he may not have that opportunity. He may come to Miami early. Uh, so if you could have Stafford, um, Jackson, and then if you could add Damari Brown to that class, then suddenly you're feeling pretty, pretty good about the cornerback crop for the Hurricanes this year. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this all gets done. Awesome episode today, guys. We're going to have an even more extensive, more thorough Duke football preview tomorrow. Hurricanes and Duke on Saturday, 1230 p.m. Make sure you make Locked on ACC your second listen today, especially today because I'm on the show every Thursday. I was on with Kenton Gibbs uh, filling in for Candace. We had an awesome time. So check out Locked On ACC. Make them your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.